Ready to explore the branches on your family tree? Join Abbott historian and genealogist Cherie Harper as she helps you begin your journey of finding out just where you came from. Brick Walls and Pitfalls starts now. Hello and welcome to Brick Walls and Pitfalls from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Today we are discussing death records. Again, my focus tends to be on the state of Tennessee, um, just because that's where most of my ancestors are and that's where I live, and so it's the thing I'm most familiar with. I want to remind you that a quick Google search of, you know, death records in Arkansas or, you know, whatever, wherever you live, will pretty much uh, direct you to different sites that are, you know, typically government sites that will tell you what records are available and how to get them and where to go. Um, But for the state of Tennessee, um, give you a couple of facts about death records. Basically, there was no statewide database for death records or requirement for death certificates until about 1908. Um, And even in 1908, even though it was a new state law and it was required, you will find that in rural areas, um, they still didn't do a great job of record keeping. You'll also run into, just like you will with marriage or any of those other records, there's over the years, there's been a lot of courthouses to burn and things like that, and records were lost. And so you will find some cases where even when they're supposed to be records kept, you can't find them, and that does happen. So don't let that frustrate you. There's usually a way around it. Um, in the state of Tennessee, they required records starting in 1908. And so um, in some of the other larger metropolitan areas, if you're lucky enough to have ancestors in you know Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Memphis, any of those bigger cities, you'll find things earlier than that sometimes. Um, I have found that tends to be kind of confined to if you were middle class or, you know, or, or wealthy. Typically, your poor people still weren't um, being necessarily treated by doctors, weren't necessarily being cared for, and there was no record. It was going to be you know, a, a family doctor or someone who just didn't do that. Um, but um, there are records available sometimes. You know, Sometimes you get lucky. And so Nashville, uh, starting from 1874, Knoxville from 1881, Chattanooga from 1872, and Memphis from about 1848. Um, so you'll find, you know, some records there. Um, but the statewide index um, for death records goes from 1900 to 1913 in uh, Davidson County. And from there, if you go to the TSLA website, uh, there is an indexes for 1908 to 1912 and then 1914 to 1933. Um, you also... If you go to the actual archives, you can find the records. You can, you know, find the the index and then pull up and and actually get the the printout of the microfilm from 1914 to 1967. Um, So there's a lot wider range there where you can actually get that information. On Ancestry.com in particular, if you're looking for death records for the state of Tennessee, it's for 1908 through 1958. And so there's about a 10-year lag there where Ancestry just hasn't got them scanned and and doesn't have them uploaded where you can search them. So that gives you an idea of the ones that you can find, though, just, you know, from your living room, which is pretty convenient. As far as death records go, I don't know if you've ever looked at any of those, but I will be posting some of those to uh, my Facebook page. So you can see an example of, you know, of what they look like. But typically a death record is going to have um, the person's, name their um date of birth you know thereabouts a lot of times it'll just say their age sometimes i find it pretty common that in the early 1900s in particular people a lot of times didn't even know what year someone was born they'll guess at it um you know so sometimes it can be sketchy as far as what you're able to find but you know just looking at an example of one of my family members um it was my great-grandfather who died uh, back in 1956 actually and so on the um death certificate 
it tells me, you know, he was, it'll give you, you know, their race, their sex, if they're married or not, their birth date, um, the age they were at their last birth date. It gives you, you know, where they died. Um, a lot of times we'll tell you their occupation. It tells you their, where they were born, tells you their mother's and father's name. And, and with mother, it typically gives maiden name if someone knew to provide that. Um, it also usually tells you the cause of death. Um, and it will tell you, you know, where they were buried a lot of the time. So, I mean, there's a lot of great information. If you have an ancestor that died during this time period, you can obtain a lot of the information you need to move to the next step from a death certificate. Um, I have also um, always been very interested in the whys of any given situation. And so for me personally, there's been a lot of things on the death certificates that um, when it states the cause of death, I may not necessarily know what that means um, from the medical terminology. And so um, Google's become a really good friend in finding out what that was, because you'll find out that there are lots of things that were called by different names, you know, 80 years ago than they would be now. Um, I've seen a lot that will say senility, um, things like that. And I'm sure today that would be dementia um, things like that. So it's, um, you know, gives you a better idea. Maybe um, if you're like me and you're really curious and, and are interested in more than just, you know, names and dates and where um, I like to try and get an idea of what my ancestors lives were like. Um, you know, if you're looking at someone in this case, my great grandfather, John Lowry, died in um, 1956. He was only 63 years old, which, you know, isn't isn't young, but it's not old either. And so it, it kind of makes you wonder, which I'd always heard he died of of black lung or something similar. And so when I went into the uh, death certificate, it does say, you know, hypertensive cardiovascular disease, chronic bronchitis um, and a couple of other things there. It also actually shows that he had um, dextrocardia, which I didn't know what that was. And Googling it, it turns out that it is a um, a genetic a deformity of the heart it's basically where it's it's positioned in a strange place in your chest rather than being towards like the middle and towards the left it's more towards the right and so that was kind of interesting to see um you know none of us had ever heard that or knew about that so um you know I don't, just little details make me feel like i know more about a person um so i i personally really like looking at these and kind of you know pouring over them and and researching them as i find them because you, you learn a lot more about a person um, I also want to point out that the uh, I didn't even realize this myself until recently that the Shelby County Register of Deeds, which is Memphis, is Shelby County. They actually have a statewide index of all the death certificates from 1949 to 2014. So, I mean, you would have to order a copy. But if you're researching someone who died more recently, you know, than 1967 or 1958, you can actually go to the Shelby County Register of Deeds and they have an index uh, there where you can at least look up and get the basics of what you need to in order to order that document. And so that's actually really helpful, and that's completely free. You don't have to pay a dime for that. Um, I know some people are kind of, uh, you know, put off by the idea of paying for these uh, different sites to use for genealogy. But again, if you're a busy person um, or, you know, maybe you're not even that busy, maybe you're just someone who's confined where you don't have the ability to drive all over the state, you know, looking for documents, it is a really great tool to use because it allows you to do it in your free time from the comfort of your home or wherever. Um, and you can get a, a whole lot of information. Honestly, most of what you need, you can get off of, you know, family search or ancestry or any of these others um, that will help you kind of build your tree without ever having to leave your house if you're not able to or can't. This is Cherie Harper, and you're listening to Brick Walls and Pitfalls in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Henson Oakley Family Dentistry now features Zoom teeth whitening. You'll find them on West Jackson Street in Cookville. And today we are covering death records. 
Okay, so another great source of um, information as far as death records are concerned, it wouldn't really call it a record. It's more of a database, um, but one I found extremely useful sometimes in putting together who's related to who um, is Find a Grave. It's findagrave.com. Um, I realize it sounds a little morbid, but it's actually extremely helpful. Um, that website is one where um, users actually go and take pictures of the headstones and gra- different graveyards and you know, family members or whoever's researching that person a lot of times will upload sometimes obituaries or sometimes it'll have them, you know, if you have your great grandpa buried at one cemetery, there will be hyperlinks you can click on below it that are other family members like sons and daughters or wife, you know, a wife or parents or whatever. And it'll take you from place to place showing you where each person is buried and that they're connected. Um, I will say I found errors in that even in my own family where someone doing research has put in um, incorrect information um, you do have the option when you find that to contact that contributor. That's what they're called on that website. Um, and, you know, try and get them to correct it or take it down. Um, sometimes that's not something they're willing to do because they're certain that they're right about it. So as with any other research tool, you know, you can't assume that it's fact, but it, it is good information to have. And it can point you in a direction that you didn't know to go before sometimes. Um, so also, uh, you know, it's something where with find a grave, if you, Find the person on the website. You can also click into that cemetery and then search everyone with that last name. And you'll pull up a whole lot of other family members. And sometimes that can help solidify uh, maybe a hunch you had about who else might be related or other parts of the family that you're trying to make sure you're going the right direction. And so find a grave can be really helpful with that. Um, I also was someone who wanted to go out and visit the graves of all of the ancestors I was researching, at least the ones within reasonable distance that I could. Um, And I've done a lot of that, but also find a grave. I mean, it's great because if you can't get there, a lot of times there are pictures of the headstones and things like that. And, you know, if you want to uh, click on those and then you can save them to your own collection or whatever, um, you know, that that can be a a nice tool to have if you're not able to go in person. Um, The other thing I'd like to mention about death records um, is uh, Ancestry in particular has a database of applications and claims for Social Security. And on those, it does give typically birth and death date. Sometimes it'll tell you the parents' names of the person, uh, things like that. And so the uh, database for that can be really helpful sometimes in solidifying other information you have. Um, typically when I'm looking at my research, I always want to have two or three um, different pieces of information that confirm the others. Um I learned early on after a couple of pretty big mistakes not to take one piece of information as fact not to take, um, honestly, at this point, I've learned not to go into anything with a preconceived idea of what I think happened or, or because someone told me um, a fact about someone that that necessarily makes it true. Um, I would kind of recommend early on when you're getting the hang of the research part of it that you kind of have a notebook and for each ancestor, you jot down their name at the top. And as you find things, you jot down that fact or that piece of information. Um, it's nice to be to go back to that. Um, early on, I made a few mistakes where I wasn't doing that, and um, I was sort of chasing my tail and realized that the piece of information I had or that I was looking for I actually already had and had found earlier and just had forgotten about it. So, um, you know, keeping a notebook and keeping up with those things can be really helpful. Um, that includes even things you find on Ancestry. Yes, you can save them to that person, and you can go back and reference it later. But sometimes just a, a clear-cut list of everything you found about somebody on a piece of paper that you've written down can be the best tool that you could possibly have. Um, so those are the few of the things I know for sure as far as death records go um, that you can utilize that are you know readily available and relatively simple to use. I'd say they're user-friendly. Um, 
and that can really help you. Uh, the death certificates give you a lot of information and, you know, help to tie up those loose ends sometimes of, of names and places and things like that. I'd like to thank you again for listening to Brick Walls and Pitfalls. Join us for our next episode as we discuss military records. And just a reminder that you can catch up on all episodes of Brick Walls anytime in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center.